It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and February is all about the love. And tonight we're going to talk about matinee. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host, I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am swell and dandy, sir. Happy love month. Um, ha- happy love month to you too, Jared. <laughs> I can honestly say I've, I've never been uh, greeted that way. I try to change it up all the time. Um, I like that. We also have director of photography, Mike Griggs. Hello, hello. <sighs> hey, hey, here we are talking 1993s. Manatee matinee. <laughs> Jared, put it in your head, and now it's just going to stay there. It is going to stay nah, there. It's, it's just, it, it looks like, you know, manatee, but it's it says matinee. <laughs> it's not but, our fault no, you are no, dyslexic. No. And it's, and it's, and I, I obviously do have a problem with this word because I can't fucking spell it. Like, I, every time I'm like, it's like, do you mean matinee? And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like <it> just, <laughs> matinee. <laughs> and it types it out for you. <laughs> Joe Dante's got his work cut out for him. Matinee, matinee, matinee. It is kind of a bad title. It's, it, it is. It's not. It's not very descriptive. It, it, I guess they. It's not really grabbing. Yeah, it's, it's not really about matinees. What is it? What What defines a matinee, Brian? Afternoon showtime. That's it, huh? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, now, um, yeah, I think that's what it's always been. Matinees, the yeah, it's before the, the prime time. And anything before the prime time is considered a matinee. And is it cheaper if you go to the matinee? Yeah, they're always cheaper, even today. Even today, just a couple dollars though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know twelve dollars. <laughs> no, it's like it's like eight instead of twelve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's getting closer to ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It depends on the theater. I, I remember they used to do those Twilight shows there for a while, where they would do like even cheaper tickets between like five and six. That a.m. No, no uh, p.m. <laughs> no a.m. Oh my god, that'd be crazy. I've done some midnight showings, like back in the day, before yeah. they were like, yeah, it, it comes out on Friday, but you can watch it on Thursday. And now they're like, it comes out on Friday, but we're going to let you see it on Wednesday. 
but it still counts as Friday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually think like shows used to like movies used to run longer when I was a kid because I, I I could have swore that I saw a twelve p.m. Uh, or a you know a midnight uh, screening of Fast and the Furious. Still just an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean they still do midnight screenings now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it seems like it, it, lately I've been looking and stuff's like you know ending around ten. Oh, uh, yeah, it's because of COVID. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID strikes yeah. again. That's like that's the go-to these days. Ah, you know, COVID. It's like, bro, I'm not gonna Freaking be able to make COVID. it today. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> yeah. I, even when Spider-Man came out, like I didn't. They didn't do midnight shows for that either. Man, my first midnight show was uh, episode one. That was super fun. Way back in the day. Oh man, yeah, I did that. No, wait, I didn't. I did an early morning. I, I think I went in the afternoon because my dad took me. Yeah. Yeah, episode one. That was a, that was a big deal. It was. It was excellent. I remember just loving it. And my dad was like, "Get, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> Misa going to kill you. <laughs> oh, Misa poo poo indeed. <laughs> oh, so bad. What are you going to do? It was Star Wars. We all thought it was, it was decent. We're... We're not talking about this movie, though. Uh, speaking of science fiction films. Is this a science fiction that film? Are gonna, uh, well, it's about <laughs> science fiction films. The movie within the movie is a science fiction film. Yeah. Mant. <laughs> Man, I fucking loved Mant. Holy shit. Oh, Mant is excellent. <laughs> Who's playing Mant? Oh, I forget the actor. They actually had an interview with him on uh, the, the Blu-ray that Shout Factory put out. <laughs> Because he's actually really good as Matt. He <laughs> <laughs> does got good, like, uh, his body movements, his hands and everything. Yeah. yeah. Do you think I want to be like this? <laughs> <laughs> he tells that picnic joke, and he's like, you, you guys not laughing? You don't get it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes into a rage. But I like when he's like... If- if I look like this when we when we met, would we still be together? <laughs> and she's like, I would have been scared, Bill. And then like he like gets sad and he and he like tilts his head and one of his antlers like like when his antenna like hit, hit, it, 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 it hits her in the head as he goes down. And he's like, I love that. <laughs> I, I super like the design of the man. I mean, you know, fifties. Oh, when monster? they reveal it, oh, yeah, dude, oh, it's, it's so great. Cool. It's weird, like, you know, reach out and grab you, like, uh, like come here. Like, claw. It's like, get over here. <laughs> oh my God, all you can do the... is stare at it. You're like, ah! ah! The you tracking know? shot where, where, like, his hand is the camera and then just goes up on the woman's butt until he pinches it was, like, was this actually happening back in the 50s? This is kind of amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's got, it's, got, it's got a little bit of, uh, you know, the fly to it. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> I like when he's like, he's like, not that you probably care now, but you know, uh, during your exam, you had, had zero cavities. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh great, swell. <laughs> oh, that's swell. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, I love how how few shits that doctor gives. Absolutely none. I don't know, man. He he's got his eyes on the chick. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. There's definitely some subtext of like he did it just so he could get with her. Well, he's like, she's like, she's like, how could you be so cruel? And he's like, how could you not love me now that I'm the only real man in your life? <laughs> Damn, how close were you to your dentist before? He's like fucking like turned. <laughs> and then the fucking radiologist just comes out of nowhere. He's like, oh, wait, you didn't put him in an electrified cage, did you? <laughs> Electricity and radiation don't go together. It's like, what the fuck is happening? 
It, it is a perfect like uh, example of those fifty movies. Like it's it's cheese, but it, it they don't like everything. Still looks well done. It's the same lighting as the movie, as the actual movie we're watching. Is it? I don't know, man. Yeah, the black no, and white, I was they watching have all the shadows. The, the, this whole movie has all those shadows. The entire film. Like I just watched it again today, uh, studying stuff like that. Like every single scene is like um, I wouldn't say like hard shadows, but they're very defined, slightly soft shadows in every single uh, scene, no matter where they are. There's hmm. always there's always a hard light hitting the back wall. And like think about the scene where uh, where the kids are listening to the the record, and uh, you know it's like uh, yeah. Tits and ass, and you know, and, and the then mom comes up, home. Yeah, mom comes home. There's like a hard like light coming in the room. They all got like hard edges on them, and there's like always like light coming through windows and leaving streaks on the windows. And in that hallway, there's two. There's light coming from two different directions. And like actually, there's a light coming through that door really hard, and like lights lights her as she walks in. And there's a big splash like uh, rectangle on the wall, and then behind it, there's like coming the other way. There's another sun <laughs> uh, blasting, uh, you know, vertical lines in the hall. The whole movie's lit like that. I don't think <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, but the black and white stuff that that has a like clear like almost film noir style to it. I don't know. It's, it's I'm just saying like it, it, it's lit the same because I, I noticed it in the this recent watch when I was watching that section a couple times. Like the uh, the lighting in there, the same. There's a shot when they're they're in a, they're in like a like a living room or something. Or there's a room and you've, you've got the exact same like blinds on the walls you know in, in the rectangle and yeah there was a couple scenes being, that had those for sure yeah you know, um, yeah but i don't know the movie theater just that, that's where most of the movie takes place that it's overlit yeah yeah I, don't, I didn't see much in there well that's that's a big open room but what i'm saying like any any room any anywhere outside there like every single scene has has splashes all over the walls like and you can indefinite lines yeah i remember the bedroom scenes being that way i don't know i'll, I'll go back and watch it again but yeah no, I, I did not pick up on that. Yeah, because I was watching. I was watching it and going, "This has an interesting like. It, it feels it's very lit. It's it's overlit maybe, but like it it, it didn't bug me. It, it felt like it was a little. It was you know early '90s, but it felt like it was out of its time a little bit, which was kind of cool. Do you think that's because they were trying to emphasize the feel of the the time period? Yeah, when was this set? Like early '60s? Well, it was uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Cuban so Missile 62. Crisis. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look that up. Is that a real thing? Um... <laughs> It's very Dear God, Jared, what? <laughs> it is. It is I know. the generation before us. It's their nine eleven. I was wondering how they did that deep fake of Kennedy like that. It was like really good. <laughs> <laughs> was this a cleanup for the Blu-ray? Who is that actor? <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with his work. Did he play JFK in that movie? JFK. He had to. Man, it was too good. It was too good. Spot on. Yeah, it's sixty two, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess they're making fun of uh, movies, though, that were really popular in the 50s. All these giant monster, radioactive monster, whatever. I guess in The Fly, it's not a, it's not, there's nothing radioactive. That's a teleportation machine gone awry. But I mean, all of these Still a guy turning in into an into a insect. Yeah. Kind of weird creature with legs like that. <laughs> well, th- this movie does it both. They're like, we're going to take a little bit of The Fly, and then we're going to take a little bit of Tarantula and them and... <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do both movies. That way, we can get the giant monster movie and the body horror. I don't know. I, I've I've always loved giant monster movies, so I don't know. I was taken aback at how how much I was having fun 
not really enjoying the story so much as just enjoying the mood. And, like, this made me want to go back and watch, like, a bunch of, like, 50s monster movies. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Really? Mm. Yeah, but the, the story itself is just, there's not a lot that happens in this movie, really. Well, No, that's I, true. I, the story is very simple, but I like how it's set against the backdrop of the Cuban Missile Crisis. And that, like, sets this, like, hysteria up in this town. And then John Goodman's character's coming in to take advantage of that. And, you know, he's trying to... You know, continue his film career, and he's got his little henchman guys you know, going around and sparking up trouble. And then you've got this whole, like, coming-of-age, I guess, quote-unquote, story of, of these kids who are wrapped up in this story as well. I don't know. I, I thought it was a... It's a, At the end of the movie, I just had this, like, oh, man, it's just, just like a feel-good movie. You know, it's just a solid little little movie. I, I thought it was really well-written, and, like, all, all the characters are really cool. And John Goodman is just so... He's so good in it, man. He, he, just, he, he just, like, embodies the feeling of... of of what it feels like to love movies. You know? I mean, is he, ever, is he ever not good in, in movies? You know what I'm saying? Like, name a movie that John Goodman is, is legitimately terrible in. Have you seen Red State? Um, but uh, He's not bad in that. That's a bad movie. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> there you go. He's in a lot of bad he's, movies, but rarely is that his fault. No, nah, man, I, I think he's excellent in that, uh, except for the one-sided phone conversation. I'm not, I'm not into that. Um, man, it's been so long. I can't even remember. <laughs> I guess I always think of his uh, work with the Coen brothers. Yeah, well, that's what this reminded me of a lot was several of his characters in, in Coen brothers movies. Oh, I, yeah, I can see that. Played with a little yeah. bit of restraint here. <laughs> Fair, yeah. He, he always goes a little. Uh, well, I guess in, in the comedy ones, anyway, he goes a little over top for the Coen brothers, especially Big Lebowski and Oh Brother Where Art Thou. I mean, like getting like really big and loud. That's kind of his his mo. But this this he has some big moments. He go he goes on these like diatribes or. Like when he, he's got all this rehearsed material, you know, that he tells the people to kind of build yeah. them up. Yeah. But, but I couldn't tell if the stuff that he was doing with the kid when he was like taking him in and like walking him through the, the theater, is that one of his, is that one of his standard routines? I mean, I would No, assume. I felt like that, I felt like that was like seeing behind the curtain. Like he legitimately saw something in himself in this kid. Cause he was, I mean, he seemed to me very impressed that the kid recognized the actor dude from like. You know what a ten-year-old magazine or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean the line he, he's like, "Have you read every, every every episode or whatever of Fangoria or whatever it was?" Famous monsters, <laughs> <laughs> a little tamer than uh, Fangoria. Oh, That's Fangoria fair. hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> that was later. That was when this movie actually came out. But those are also some like not just endearing moments. That's that's also the uh, the writer's opportunity to do a little exposition. Because he's kind of explaining to the kid slash the audience all of the, the the elements of himself as a character of the the genres that he's working with, and it's a really it's a fun little like rundown of of everything that's happening. If you're not already in the world as a person, and you don't get all the things that they're talking about. I don't know, like his his hype speech to get everybody in the in the theater to be like, oh yeah, you guys are the ushers, like we're part of show business, guys, and. <laughs> like he he wants them to do this stuff and it's you know he's but i i do feel like he's he believes that there's not a, a moment no. or a scene in the yeah, movie where we yeah. get where he's like yeah fuck this shit or he's like even when he's like broke and he needs money he's still not like film is not a, a just a way to make money for him it, it's like it is show business and every part yeah. of his life is show business well, yeah, you could tell that the woman who's with him is sick of it. But, you know, like that's what I was saying a minute ago is the whole thing is like every time he talks about movies, it really does make you feel good about watching movies and, and remembering things like he, he's 
he's talking directly to you, the audience, you know, telling you that this is going to be great and all that. He's, mm-hmm. he's playing mm-hmm. on that nostalgia. Yeah. And I, I think that, and that he's like, he's real genuine, even though that he's a bit of a, I wouldn't say con man. He's just, you know, he's in the, he's in the pictures. He's in the picture business. Um, yeah, I, I just like his character a lot. Supposedly, it was based on William Castle. I don't know. I, I kept seeing a lot of Hitchcock in there, too. Well, yeah, with the silhouette. And actually, so the guy who gets the autograph, he's like, thank you, Mr. Hitchcock. <laughs> Thanks, uh, yeah. Mr. Hitchcock. <laughs> the beginning when they open. He scratches his name out. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah. But, but he's got the cigar, yeah. you know. But uh, he, he was wearing a really weird shirt. You know when he's, like, putting the uh, the sign on the side of the car and the kid comes up? And he's like, hey, Mr. Woolsey. And he's like, how you doing, kid? He's, he's wearing the weird – everybody's wearing weird shirts in this. Is that like a style? Like he's got like loops with like buttons. You know what I'm talking about? Did you catch any of that? I mean they, they just look like normal 50 shirts, man. 60 shirts. Really? Yeah. I didn't see anything not weird about on a fat man. <laughs> <laughs> what? You didn't say anything weird about like like it, it's like it's like a dot with like a loop that goes around it instead of like yeah, a Yeah, I've button. seen a lot yeah. of shirts with, with that kind of a, a oh, button. Interesting. Look pretty interesting. Yeah. Wasn't it the style of the time? Yeah. I don't know. I uh, like late fifties for sure. I mean, yeah, if it was probably like a fifty six, fifty seven, like pretty high level fad, and he's wearing it in sixty two, which kind of illustrates that you know he doesn't have a lot of money. He's not like buying new clothes all the time. He's wearing things that are five or six years old that are just out of fashion or on the edge of out of fashion. It says a lot tight. about his character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's had it for a few years. Well, like when the shot when the uh, when the kids like uh, walking with that girl and she's all like, you know. He made me realize uh, how to be a woman or whatever in that, that scene. Where <laughs> he taught she's me like, about my body. He taught me about my things body. I want as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, just looking at her like, oh my He's god! Like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm okay with that. <laughs> He's wearing a really weird shirt. It's like two buttons with like a big gap, and then two buttons, and then like a big gap. And I was like, Man. well, that's just because he's a he's a kid who doesn't know how to button his own shirt. No, it was designed that way. Was it? Because I yes. feel like I remember at least one moment where I, it, it, you, he's clearly like buttoned one in the wrong spot. No, th- this is like weird. It's like it's like two buttons really close together, and it's in, in three sets. I was like, man, this, the the style that these kids have very interesting. I had never seen before. I mean, it is Key West, so you know, dude. Yeah, like is that what I've been to Key West, and it just it it that place feels bigger <laughs> than Key West. Key West <laughs> is very small. I did get that vibe as well. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I don't think this is very accurate as far as the scope of what Key West is because. Like Key West, when I was there, it was just like you know, it's like a mile wide. It's it's really tiny, and um, I mean, it is the biggest of the keys, but it isn't. Yeah, it doesn't feel very big for sure. Yeah, I, I like when they go down to, to, down to the water line, and the military's all setting up, and they have that like GI Joe fucking rocket launcher that's right? just like it's just like spinning. Just it's just like sitting eh, there. Eh. <laughs> and he's like, "What is that?" He's like, "That's a rocket launcher." Like, no shit. Like. <laughs> I just love that the, those army dudes were like, hey, kids, you have to move because we're going to put a truck there. Not yeah. because you shouldn't be here or because we're doing stuff, because we're going to put a truck right there. Oh, That's you why just you have be to be wherever move. you want back then, man. It was cool. <laughs> well, they were taking over like a fucking public beach. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse us while we put some rocket launchers right here in the beach line. Yeah, I'm going to set up some sandbags, set up these guns. <laughs> just in case we need to fire, shoot down a nuke, you know. The all-purpose room? There's a work on the all-purpose room? <laughs> Such a bullshit. Duck and cover was pretty fun, dude. I love the uh, the camera angles in that. It was cool. Like that's one one of the one one of the scenes where they actually did some like canted like you know. Oh, you're like, talking about when yeah angles. when they bring the girl out when she's like ah this is stupid we're but, all gonna die. That whole scene leading up to there is all it starts out a little odd and then like and then as when they're in the hallway and then when it goes into the actual scene like all of it is is just every single angle in there is just a little off and, and 
separated. It's kind of neat. Yeah, but the, the girdle actually being carried out by the teacher, that low angle candidate, that's sexy. Oh, yeah, dude. man, that is that's so sexy. a great show. It's yeah. really good, yeah. And I like that. I like her character a lot. You know, she's 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 standing out. She's she's being raised by these really odd parents who let her call her, by her fucking name. <laughs> <Yeah. And> like, <laughs> respect her opinions and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, we see you're talking to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Oh. Is there a First Amendment right? There's no Rhonda. There's no First know, Amendment in the, in the Ten Commandments, sir. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that line cracked me up, man. I about fucking died. Those parents would be annoying. She seemed like she was pretty fed up with it. Yeah, she definitely had some emotional weight behind calling her dad by his first name. Oh, and the the main kid, uh, man, when I was I was listening to the um, to one interview, and I, th- I think Joe Dante was saying that the main actor kid, the kid, was fucking British. And he actually had a British accent. Man, I, I went when I, really? Yeah, when I went back and watched the movie again, I could not fucking tell. Simon Fenton. I, I couldn't tell that at all. What's he done since? Let's see. Yeah, the one that plays Nothing. Gene. I don't know. Any any kid actor that still has their kid actor face on their main IMDb haven't done anything afterwards. This last thing is in 2017. Uh, Star Hunter Redux is a TV series, which is uh, something he had did before. <laughs> Yeah, but the last thing before that was 2002. Hence, he hasn't done anything. <laughs> London, England. There you go. Yeah, way to Holy cover shit. up the accent. Yeah, Holy he did shit. a good job, man. I love that. Yeah, I thought he did a damn good job. I, I was super impressed with that. Usually you can tell every now and again. Just looking at like a scene or two. I didn't hear it. Oh, my God. He's the kid from The Power of One. I love that movie. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> the Power what? of One? No. Morgan know, Freeman. Uh, anyways, yeah, we'll move on. But <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's a weird memory. Anyways, is it from uh, the early nineties? Yes, <laughs> it's from nineteen ninety-two. The, the one right before this. <laughs> oh. uh, so I watched a lot of I watched a lot of TV back then, Brian. Jared, Jared, we got to expand your horizons. That's what we're trying to do here, man. Oh, well, why do we keep doing all these nineties films? <laughs> We're not expanding this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> who who chose this one? This is listener request month. Who chose it? Uh, this is uh, Joel. Joel chose this film for us to do. Starting out the month strong. Way to go, Joel! With another '90s film. See, Joel's a '90 kids '90s kid too, probably. Maybe. I don't or know. He's watched a lot of movies in the '90s. Yeah. We won't hold it against you, Joel. <laughs> Definitely not. Keep them coming. I enjoy it, man. Uh, Only my... screams can describe it. <laughs> We're talking about '90s kids. <laughs> For me, the holy shit moment was seeing Kelly Martin on screen because she was oh, in Sherry? that that show. Yeah, she was in that show. Life goes on for like years, and man, nine year old me had the biggest crush on her. <laughs> she was she was yeah. like the epitome of like white boy evangelical church kid oh, likes no. a girl who is like. Super wholesome, but also somehow just has a just a mystical air of sexiness where she just happens to know what to do. Some older dude, some older fucking greaser looking dude, told her how. Right, we're seeing this movie and she's like, 
He taught me what to do with my body. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) That little kid in you was like, holy shit. Oh my God. It like sparked something in your body. 100%. Like, you had to be a man. Just rushing back. (laughs) It was like the Ratatouille moment where, where like nine year old me just comes rushing back from the. (laughs) I was like, ah, what is happening? I'm glad you finally got to face that, you know? You got to to get there. I was. I, she looked really familiar to me too, and I had to look her up. I, I didn't really watch ER, and I saw that she had a big stint on that. But I think she was just like in one episode of um, Grey's Anatomy or something. And I was like, I was like, all right, I think that's where I've seen her. No, before. she did very, very little. She was on. There was this. There's this channel in Kansas City when I was growing up. It was called Pax TV, and it was like the weird Christian adjacent, like sort of wholesome programming thing. And she had some sort of like long running show that was like. I don't know, set set in like the 1800s or some shit like that. Set in the 1800s. Yeah, wasn't that Sequest 2032? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see if I can find it. I'm probably uh, bullshitting so. it. <laughs> she was uh, Cleo Walker on Sequest. <laughs> uh, Christy. I watched that back in the day. That was, a, that was a TV movie, and then she did something else that was like that for a while. Or maybe they just showed that movie over and fucking over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It was a long time ago. I thought she had the best like time period hair of anyone in the film. Mm. She, she, I think so with the bangs. Yeah, like she had little, that perfect like down. late fifties, early sixties hair. It was yeah, yeah. And the way it was combed back over her head and everything. Oh, dude, it was perfect. Yeah, that scene where that scene in the hallway where she's you know she's going to introduce her. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. They got this fourteen year old girl and they're blowing her hair and they're doing it in slow motion <laughs> with a dolly in. I'm like, God damn, this is awkward. <laughs> I thought it was great, man. It like so totally built that moment. Yeah, no, it was uh, good, dude. Blast the light in. <laughs> All these fourteen-year-old so. boys are like, "Hey, the world's gonna end. You think this chick's gonna do me?" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Elbows don't count." He's like, "Of course yeah. they do." <laughs> <laughs> Elbows don't count. He can elbow oh my your God, boob. It was so fucking good. <laughs> so good, dude. Don't do that. Don't don't elbow boobs. All right, that's just not gonna go over well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun for anyone. Are we are we a break point here? I think we're a break. Point. It feels like we are, Brian. <laughs> I think after that we should definitely take a break. <laughs> let's watch the movie. Let's watch the trailer and recenter ourselves. <laughs> All right, sounds good. This is the trailer for Joe Dante's Matinee. Manatee. Well, God damn it. We'll be back. <laughs> Manatee. <laughs> if we knew what, what noise a manatee would make, we could we could insert it. <laughs> I think a manatee sounds like a bantha. Like it's a sea cow. <laughs> we played the noise, and everyone would be like, "What the fuck is that?" How could such a thing happen, Doctor Cabal? The ant's saliva must have gotten into Bill's bloodstream and gone straight to his brain, just as the radiation, which is measured in units called Rentgens, was released. And that's how he became a. Mant. Gotcha. For the kids of Key West, Florida, there was nothing scarier than a monster matinee. Lawrence Wolsey, the master of movie horror, exterminates you with Mant. The story of Mant is based on scientific fact, on theories that have appeared in national magazines. But in the fall of 1962, a series of offensive missile sites is now in preparation on the island of Cuba. They got the biggest scare of all. Don't go to bomb us? 
The country is on red alert. And what a perfect time to open a new horror movie. That'd be the best show to take a girl to. The whole world's gonna blow up anyway, so we should just do whatever we want. You know, the last guy she went out was in reform school. He did teach me a lot. What about? About my body. You think if the bomb were about to fall, she'd do it with me? <laughs> Wait till you see the feelers on this thing. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Some of it's stage lighting, some of it's magic show stuff, but the big studios, none of them have anything like it. You never, ever turn one above six. This is it! From Joe Dante, director of Gremlins. You see what he's putting back? The showmanship. The bombs are falling! You think this is some kind of picnic for me? I'm still concerned about that bomb thing. Little question of taste? No, no, but your younger patrons, you could have some seat wetness. John Goodman. I love this business. Matinee. Man, I've seen this twice. And we're back. That was the trailer for Joe Dante's Matinee, or Mant, or Manatee. (laughs) (laughs) Half man, half manatee. (laughs) All terror. (laughs) Terror in the water. Uh, I was sitting there looking at the uh, the cover of this film, and... You You, you mean the poster? Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, the poster. Well, no, you said cover. I didn't know if you meant like the the the, the DVD cover. The DVD cover because they showed that in front of the trailer. Oh, is it different? Yeah, it's different. Okay. Anyway. Well, the one that's on the one that's on IMDb, probably the poster. Uh, it has the uh, the giant like ant arms over the uh, marquee. Oh. And, oh yeah yeah yeah. You know, and maybe think like, have you ever seen like a theater do that? Yeah. Like, something outside where they completely change it. Have you like have you seen that in person? Yeah, they they changed the uh, well. I guess when the Cinerama was open in L.A., they would they would do all kinds of different things to that. I mean, there's all these pictures for it. Wow. Uh, they did something with Godzilla not too long ago. Um, I think it was for the 2014, or it may have been Godzilla King of the Monsters, but they had like Godzilla breaking through the top of it. That's cool. Yeah. I just like the idea of actually going in and changing the entire theater. Like, this dude went to so much. Like, how much money was he making off of this? Yeah, deal? right. Like with, like, with carrying all that equipment with him, spending that time. Giving away like thirty fucking tickets, you know, and we've already said a matinee is cheaper prices. So, um, well, well, that's why I re- referenced William Castle earlier. Like William Castle actually did this shit. Like a, a <laughs> lot of this do? stuff. Like okay, so in the Tingler, uh, this Vincent Price movie, there's this monster that is like in the back of this lady, and it, it gets loose, and it it starts running around the theater, and he put up buzzards in people's seats. And it would buzz certain seats, and, and people would scream out in the, in the auditorium. Uh, House on Haunted Hill, they had, like, um, when uh, John Goodman's talking about, oh, yeah, we'll have sheets, uh, and that'll be uh, dripped in blood like and ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. He, that, that's from, uh, that William Castle did that on uh, House on Haunted Hill. Oh, that's cool. How many theaters did he actually do that in? Was that, like, a two-ring show that he did? Well, you have to remember, the Larice, the Larice, Larice, God damn. Can you talk? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Movies that were uh, released then, uh, they it wasn't a mass thing. It was, you know, you would have. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, like 20 some prints made, and then you would shop those around to different yeah. spots of America. So when been- it was there, it was there, and when it was gone, that was your chance, and you missed it. Well, just like this. Can you think you could do this one again? Shit. <laughs> That's kind of a miracle this got made because this was uh, independently financed. And they lost, they didn't lose, their financiers never paid them. And they got, oh, wow. like, I think I think Joe Dante said, like, two weeks before they, they started shooting. And Universal just kept fronting the money because they wow. were going to do wow. a, a U.S. release. And 
they got to a point they realized that you know these foreign investors were not going to put up the the money. They went to Universal and was like, "Well, guys, you you've already spent like a million dollars. Why don't you just put up the other 12? <laughs> and they six did. and one, two birds in a bush, you know. Which is kind of crazy because uh, Joe Dante's last film, uh, Gremlins Two, was not a big box office hit. That was kind of a disappointment. Was it? I I remember enjoying it. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about like enjoying it is not yeah. the same as they made a lot of money. Yeah, they made my money. I saw it did in theaters. You, did too, you yeah. pay for it? No, I probably watched it on HBO or something. But I definitely watched it a lot. Well, <laughs> well I mean, Gremlins too. He even has that moment where like uh, the Gremlins get in the projection booth and like fucking Hulk Hogan oh, yeah. is out in the theater, right? And he's like, "Ah, oh, Gremlins, come up there and, and, and bust it out of his shirt." <laughs> it's so ridiculous. They got the the Mant scene in this movie. I, yeah, I mean, you, he's behind you. You can tell Joe Dante loves this stuff. He's really angry. <laughs> What's he doing to that kid? <laughs> I was surprised that the the greaser busted the uh, the switchblade out at the end. I thought that was yeah. It's really weird. An ant with a knife. <laughs> it, it, well, it just no picnic for him either. The movie's very PG, and then when they bust the switchblade out at the end, it's just kind of like oh, that's a little. No, rough. He even talks about it. He's like he's like tomorrow's a knife, <laughs> a really big knife. <laughs> <laughs> with his, you, get, you get what I'm saying? Poetry. You follow me? And he's like, I think so. Maybe? Stay away from Sandra. Oh, no, from Sandra. Is it Sherry? You stay away Sherry. from Sherry. Sherry, Sandra. They both yeah. have S's. Also Sandra. <laughs> Just while you're at it, stay away from all of them. Oh, and this has got to be uh, Naomi Watts' like, fucking oh, first Oh, fuck fucking yeah, role. dude. Her with the shopping cart? Yeah, what it's was my that? My father! Whoa, is that who that was? Yes! The shook up I think it was actually cart. her. I think it actually was her first role. The shook up shopping cart. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he's a shopping cart, you know, with chromium finish <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and like a busted front wheel, you know, a bit wobbly or whatever. And like, I, I like how the guy's like, no, he's what? not. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it, it rolls up and like saves the day. And then it runs over like a dog, and the dude is, and it's like, it's got this little squeaky voice, kind of like a real manatee. Like he's like, you know. <laughs> Oh, man, the beginning of an illustrious career for the shopping cart. As a shopping cart. <laughs> I would totally watch the Shook Up shopping cart, bro. <laughs> I mean, you watched Rubber, bro. Of course you would. <laughs> yep, yep. I watched parts of Rubber. I mostly skimmed through it. I, I tried. I, I watched about I tried. Yeah. I tried. I did. Did you ever finish it, Brian? Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, that was like one of those old, like, uh... Mail and disc Netflix movies. Oh shit! Oh wow! Well, you had to watch it. You were like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> Only got two discs. I mean, I got two. That's right. I mean, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were sitting there thinking, like, "What if I had all the discs?" <laughs> I'm the disc captain now. Oh, and thus thus became Brian's collection. You're like, I want to own this. At least he paid for all of his. I met a guy once that had a collection uh, rivaling Brian's. And I was like, this is a lot of movies, man. How'd you get this? And he goes, Netflix. <laughs> oh, he would dupe it when it came in? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I was like, wait, wait. So you like buy them from Netflix? He goes, no. They send them to me. See, that's okay. And then you can get you can get DVD covers online and then just print them. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, God. no doubt. Yeah, 100%. Um, but what's cool about Netflix is they'd actually send the real DVD, which actually had special features and shit on it. But like, oh you know, hell yeah, if you get did. through like Redbox, it's like it's bare bones bullshit. Yeah, I don't those even, are like, specialty made. 
I, think. I don't understand Stupid. that. Like, why? What's the point of making those discs? Like, that's just a whole another process that you have to go through. You need a whole mastering. Well, that's part thing of their and, licensing thing. You don't get all the content. It keeps people to still like Brian who want to to actually have buy the actual yeah. have all the shit that comes with it. You know, and that's actually like anytime we we do these podcasts and <clears throat> there's a film that I really love and I want to buy it. A lot of times, uh, you know, they, they're not putting special features on discs like they used to. I need that in my life. And like even when you buy a movie on, on digital, it's cool how sometimes they have the built in features. I mean it's just kinda of, that was the cool thing about getting yeah. a fucking disc that has all the shit that comes with well, it. Well that's something that Apple's worked really hard to to bring back is that when you buy the movie digitally you get the special features in addition to it and you can watch them anywhere, anytime. It's not well, every movie, but any good uh, special features on this disc, Brian? I I, I watched this digitally. I mean yeah, there, there's some nice uh interviews with Joe Dante. Uh those are those are worth watching. Some of the special special effects guys are, man, whoever cut that special feature just did a terrible job. It's just a rambling mess. It's really hard to follow. Um, but, no, it, it's cool. The the man, They have all the Mant scenes cut together in a, oh, that's fun. in a movie. Watch the movie within a movie? Yeah. It's like 20 minutes. No. It's like 15 minutes. That's cool, though. That sounds about right. Does it make sense? Does it make sense, like as a singular, like watch it start to finish kind of movie? Man, you don't really. It, all the scenes uh, that they have is the stuff that you see on the, the screen. You just get to see them longer, and some of the right. Moments, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like cutting them together to watch them, you know, start to finish and not going back and forth. Does it seem to make sense as a singular entity? No, there's a lot of things that are left out. <laughs> <laughs> It, no, it's it's not a finished story or anything like that. Does it actually show him as a giant ant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the you know, same stuff you see in the movie. Okay, yeah. Where, where he's like with, picking with up the, the shots car of the theater. And, yeah, I love that when he like picks the car up. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. Well, I mean, technically, if an ant that was that big, he'd be able to pick up a building, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, fuck yeah. Ants are scary, bro. Depends on which building. Was a hundred times, thousand times their weight, hundred times their weight, whatever. They Something can, like that. I don't know. Pick shit That's up. crazy. Yeah. And Ant can pick up a chestnut and be like, "Fuck you." So <laughs> <laughs> I don't let Ant stay around. <laughs> a chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if you got an open fire. They're just around. It happens. I love Whatever. that uh, Robert Picardo is in this movie because oh I have seen him in a lot of things. And I, I know him mostly I, from Star Trek. Same. Yeah. Oh, Voyager. As soon as he was on yeah. screen, I was like, Robert Picardo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a lot of Joe Dante movies. He's, he's also in Gremlins, too. Yeah. He's the one. I remember that. He's the, he's the one that gets uh, locked in the bathroom with the girl Gremlin. That wants to make out with him and, and marry him. Oh, no shit. That's him? <laughs> yeah, that's him. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that in years, man. That's awesome. What a, what a, cool, what a cool little cameo for he's, him. Uh, um, he's in The Howling, too. He's got the cool werewolf transformation in that movie. I haven't seen The Howling. What? Oh, <laughs> that, dude, what? What? Oh, come I know. On. Okay, right. All right. I know. I know. Right, I, know, I, know right. I know the I know the look that Griggs has there. He hasn't seen it either, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I also haven't seen either of the Gremlins movies, so... But, oh man, have you seen Inner Space, which is a Joe Dante film that I <laughs> love? No, no, I haven't seen that one Let's either. add that one to the list as well. Toy, Small Soldiers, is, that, was, that was my introduction to Joe Dante. Oh. Is he just he, he putting people small, huh? Did, did he also do Honey, I Drunk the Kids? <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> no, that was the one where, where like, the G.I. Joe knockoff yeah, like, they come came alive. alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Kurt Russell, right? No, it, um, who's was it? That? Kurt Russell? I don't know. There was some what? Some kid that uh, no, it's, it's who played, Phil, who plays Phil Hartman. 
plays the G.I. Joe guy? No, the G.I. Joe guy is Tommy Lee Jones is the voice of Tommy him. Lee Jones. Yeah. Okay. And Frank Lagella is the good. Kirsten fight. Dunst is in that movie. Oh, dude. Teddy really? Bear thing. Holy shit, man. <laughs> He's got a good voice. Jay Mar- Dennis Leary is in there. I need to watch that again. Yeah, that's good casting. I like that. That's cool. I remember enjoying the shit out of it. Joe Dante also did the original Piranha, which is really? a, a Roger Corman classic. Come on. Uh, Tom Hanks, The Burbs. Oh, shut he, up. Seriously? He did The Burbs? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I yeah, fucking love dude. The Burbs. That's a good one. Yeah, it is. Dude's had a great career. He definitely has a uh, unique uh, <laughs> signature uh, comedy uh, timing and sense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's, that's fair. That's maybe fair. that's that like, wholesome thing I was feeling in this. I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's like what, it's like what um, Hallmark tries to do, but like the, he's just doing it better. I don't, I don't know. He, he didn't write this, did he? He didn't have any hand in that. Um, no, it was the original screenplay was very different. It was really? Yeah, it was something like, uh, like the projectionist was a vampire. What? Or like the guy that owned the theater was the a vampire fuck? or some shit like that. There was this? a supernatural actual element to the real world. Yes, and then they well, that, they totally Yeah, that was it. the that was the original story, like the the original screenplay, and then it was dramatically rewritten to the point that the guy who wrote the original story wasn't even credited as a screenwriter on it. So Robert Picardo, the guy who actually works at the fucking place? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be, I guess, yeah. I guess it would have been the that guy. Character. The guy who has so instead of a Fallout shelter, he's got a fucking like vampire den down in the basement yes. where he's like like l- trying to lure the kids down in there, and instead of locking up in there, he locks them in a coffin or some fucking crazy shit. <laughs> totally different film. <laughs> totally, totally different. Well, they couldn't get financing for that film. Well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do like unbelievable. his. I do like his random like <laughs> fallout shelter that's like they, they busted out a wall and then dug yeah. in this giant fallout shelter. <laughs> he like, in, in he the talks about how the much theater. money he spent on the yeah. fucking like door and it's on a time lock. Once it's closed, it's closed. Is that his building? <sighs> there, I think there's an implication that it is. Yeah, because he talks about like the 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 balcony. Wow, what a scary balcony. What if all, what if that had fallen like that and all those kids were in there? It would just be <laughs> Well, that's why he was freaking out about letting that many people up there in the first place. You know, well, I, you know what? He needs some more ushers. It wasn't that big of a Apparently. of a drop. I I wouldn't worried about the kids up top, but the people no, down I was about below. The people below, yeah, yeah. You they're yeah, flat. Exactly. They're dead. <laughs> and so at the end, like when it when the kid is up there at the top, and he's like, "Mom!" and they're like, "Holy shit!" and, they go, and then they run, run under, under it. it. Right? I'm like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. The only thing that's holding it up is carpet. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's gonna survive. His entire family squashed. Oh man, I, th- I just feel like Joe Dante wanted to do those. Like, give me your hand, and I will catch you. In one of those fucking moments. Where... Do it, Danny. <laughs> do it, Danny. Jump, and I will catch you. You know, hundred <laughs> percent. That's exactly what was happening. <laughs> That yeah, <laughs> that scene is weird. Uh, it, it, it reminds you very much. Of, like, it's long. Well, it reminds it's you so of how, long. how PG it is, man. Because like they don't they don't ever set up like like if this was an adult film or or PG thirteen or for an older audience, we would get like the the shots of this balcony slowly starting to break apart, and we would see cracks, and that would be building tension to this moment. And in this movie, we have a couple lines of dialogue about it, and then it's not an issue in this film. We don't cut to it breaking or anything like that. They do. There's, there's a few a few of those shots. No, they it's do. Not, they, 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 do close, they do. It's not that intense. 
Yeah, at the end. Yeah, that's yeah what they I'm do saying. close-ups of everything ripping. Yeah, oh, it, oh, you're it, saying throughout the entire like not, showing uh, of the movie, you not would be build, seeing those things. Yeah, it, it builds. It uh, okay. builds. No, it, builds it builds all in one sequence. Like it's all cut together. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it it, does. Th- there, there, there are there yeah, are small, no, it's one sequence. No, there are small things minutes before that, before it happens. Like the dudes doing the, you know, when, when the kid's sitting in the in the crowd and and like the the dust falls on his little fat face. He's like, guys, stop. No, that's just you know, dude. That's just the shaking that no, they're that was, showing from the speakers. That was popcorn. Yeah. No, that was that was giving. You you see the ceiling crack a little bit right there, and then stuff falls. It's showing that the building is starting to get loose. Man, it it's not showing me the balcony. That that ticking time bomb that we would like constantly be cutting to. It's not there. Yeah. No, the, those those cross cutting that you're talking about, Jared. That that has way more to do with like trying to emphasize those the giant building. speakers that he's that he's installed. Those are actually fucking shit up more than it is anything about the the balcony or being worried about people on the balcony falling or anything like that. It's it's yeah, the building is old and his speakers are actually doing stuff. So so that whole like don't turn this to six or whatever he he says, that's what that's that's implying. Like, oh yeah, no, this is an old building and this is why he said don't turn it to six. There's no suspenseful tension whatsoever about the the balcony until the kid is the only one that's up there and everybody else has already gone off. Is it possible to have a scene like that where he tells him he's like, "Don't, don't ever turn this up to six, uh, or you know, you know, that just never do that," and not instantly think that, "Oh, that's going to happen later in the, later in the movie." Like, uh, no, no, I mean that's that's <laughs> that's, that's part the of pretty classic. It up, knock it down, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so obvious that it's almost yeah. a trope at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. But if you don't have a line like that, then you don't understand later the implications of. Oh no, I get it. Know. I get it. It's gonna, we got to figure out a way to. To deliver that exposition a little differently at some point, it's hard. It, it's just weird. It, you, I mean, you. It's not weird. It's Joe Dante is clearly making this film for a younger audience. Like all of the problems yeah, yeah. that arise, like they're all solved quickly. Oh yeah, you're no yeah no doubt. Like yeah. we're all we're always we, we're only focusing on like two things at a time. Like when the kids get locked in the vault, people are running around, and then we're we're getting the kids out of the vault. We're we're not going back up upstairs. We're not we're not You're not cross cutting all that. Yeah, yeah. everybody mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all the main characters are focusing on that issue, and we're there. We get well, a well, different about, sides of the door, but that's it. Oh yeah, it's totally right. Well, think about when um when the greaser guy, uh, what's his name, Henry, uh, when, when he's at the bar, um, and uh, how old is this kid, by the way? <laughs> right, like eighteen, <laughs> nineteen, like, maybe. No, is he's in a bar drinking? Is he like twenty two and, and like he's dating like a fourteen year old? I don't think anyone like... <laughs> and in Key West in the middle of the fucking Cuban Missile Crisis gives a shit how old this kid is. I don't know, man. He had a, like he had like a five o'clock shadow, <laughs> and uh, and he, he's he's knocking back a few things, and he looks over, and, and there's the two henchmen, uh, the guys who were like uh, rallying up uh, the the right. crowd outside of the theater, and then he ends up stealing one of their wa- uh, their wallets. Or, talking or about, like, trying to. Well, you know, that, that's the whole thing. Like, they set that up, and then it cuts to the right the next scene. There's no, they don't cut to something else. It's pretty much immediately. They catch yeah. him, they give him a little moment, and then they, they, they let him go. But I I like that. It's a really cool scene. And I, I like that when, actually when they catch up to him in the, in the first part of the scuffle, his hand goes up and he hits the, the light, and the light starts to shake, and it kind of sets this mode over him. It's, it's really cool, and I, and I watched it a couple times, and he definitely does it on purpose. I did not notice. You didn't notice him hitting the uh, the overhead light, like the hanging china hat. No, I did not. Oh, really? Hmm. I man, I didn't notice uh, that many 
camera mistakes really in the you know i that wasn't a mistake i think i think that was done on purpose to to add a little like you know something to the scene i i saw some equipment in and people's sunglasses and uh so, yeah some of the camera bobbles on the car mount at the end uh when John Goodman's got the captain hat on and they're driving on the car, <laughs> some of the shakes in that were really terrible. I like that scene. That's that's. I, I love that scene at the end. And he's yeah. he's like he's like was that was that it's your good. first date? And, and, like, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're like, yeah, I guess it was. And they're like, it's gonna be hard to top that one, you know. And then, yeah. then he, he's just like, yeah. man, how how cool is that? Look at them, you know. He's like he's like you know they see how good it could be. You know they've already seen the coming attractions. You know I, I love that whole moment with them. But in that scene, you can see the when he, when they're parked before they drive off, you can see the. Um, the light in John Goodman's glasses when he looks forward yeah. uh, towards yeah. the front of the car. Oh, see, I didn't even notice him there. Oh, I really? Saw it there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see a lot of the other ones, but I definitely saw that one there. Yeah, I, I, but, I, I, I like the production design, and I, I, I did get oh every yeah all the look all the all the locations looked really cool, and they felt very of the time. I like yeah, I like watching period movies like that where you can. Look in the background. Uh, I oh, deep in the background, and there's a car like four streets down is <laughs> yeah. parked there. And you're like, oh, some poor motherfucker had to find that blue car and park it way the fuck down there. Like, <laughs> 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 you know, something else that set it into the time. Like, you know, when um, Stan's running after the dude's like, dude's like pulled out his switchblade oh, yeah. and he grabs. Uh, he grabs Sherry and like he's like taking her out and she starts a little scuffle with him out by the car and then Stan runs out and he does the Star Trek like hand in hand punch yeah which is he totally like he, he puts his hands in like this which is never what you do it, you know it never it's fucking never hands, yeah. and he runs up like, and he like he hits him in the back like he's fucking like kirk fighting the gorn you know oh my <laughs> god it's so perfect. i just love the idea that like well if one punch is heavy then I, if i make my hands into two punches it'll be even heavier dude they carried that star trek punch all the way into next generation the first season i'm like what the fuck are y'all doing that would never work that's how you punch in the future dude god oh bro he's got more power star Date fist power, yeah, <laughs> double fist. <laughs> oh, but I, I love that though. That's, but it that's also that shows communism that, sneaking in. It shows that Stan's willing to stand up for his woman. You know, he's going to run out. You know, he's like, damn, she's 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 kind of sexy and she's promiscuous. She wants to kiss me. I got to go ki- almost get killed with a guy with a knife. <laughs> Where's that? Oh man, how many um, how many projectors does it take to make a like, to make a film back in the day, Brian? <laughs> Are you talking about when oh, he sets the, uh, that's the whole theater on what fire? What the fuck, man? No, and like, then he turns off like, like four six. projectors. No, no, it was like it was, like, it was a fucking like it was six. If you look at the little squares, it was six projectors to make this no. this screen. You know the effects thing that bothers me the most in this movie is that that top uh, the top square, the one that goes out first. Yeah. The flame is over the, over the screen, and when the, squ- yeah. the square goes black, part of the fucking screen disappears. <laughs> like, the, the red curtains above the actual screen. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. Like, yeah, God damn it. God, and then, like, how how did they do the fireball going through over the, over the top of the crowd like that? <laughs> Everybody put on three D glasses for that moment. Wow, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I was thinking, I was like, damn, how many projectors did they have to run back in the day to make a solid image? You imagine like cropping all those things together to make like <laughs> no, the I screen got, wasn't even that big. I guess they were trying to do the illusion that it was like some kind of special technique. You know, it was his uh, what did he call it? Atomo vision. Pr- no, no, Atomo it's his, vision. It's his process. You know, it's it's a process he's invented. It's like it's like cinema 4D. Or like you know, have you been to a 4D experience theater? Yeah, yeah. Really, I, I've never done that. Did it? Did it enhance? No, they just squirt shit on your face. 
Uh, I man, I really like the chairs. <laughs> you know what? The coolest thing in the in the world is like uh, when they do helicopter the shots or dolly shots. Yeah, and <laughs> they, they, no, no, no. It's just a you just get a slight gliding feel. You can feel the yeah. shots. Yeah. Oh no way. And it's it's nice. Yeah. That's my favorite thing in there. I'm like vomiting, and you're like, <laughs> no, it's well, not. Like, all of a sudden, feel motion, like motion sickness. sickness. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna take a dramamine before I go to the theater. <laughs> Just don't watch Jason Bourne on 4D. Oh my god, oh, <laughs> especially that third one. Wow, green grass for the win. Am I right? Oh, I did laugh at the uh, the toilet paper shot. Did you guys see that? Oh, the lady like grabs like eight rolls of toilet paper. Dude, I was like, oh my god, nothing changes in a panic. <laughs> A hundred percent. Why yeah. are they selling toilet yeah. paper by the roll, though? I mean, like, damn. Because it was—it's it, an island. There's not that many people on it. Yeah, but everybody shits though, bruh. In the '60s, people still use corn cobs. <laughs> what? <laughs> you never heard of that? I, I did not notice anybody using a corn cob. <laughs> well, wait, how many how many scenes did you see somebody in the bathroom though? You know. There were corn cobs everywhere. I just love those two guys fighting over the box of cereal, and the one dude's like, listen, if you're going to die, you're still going to die, whether you have cream of wheat or not. <laughs> like, it's really not that big of a deal. And then the guy takes it anyway. <laughs> well, the kid comes up and, like, distracts him so he can. And the other guy's like, he's like, he's like, He's, like, fucking with him. I'm like, damn it, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, and I, I really like the uh, diagonal uh, split screen. I thought that was very nice. Oh, that was really cool. I like the sound it makes when it comes in. Yeah, and the girls yeah. in an all pink room, and the boys in all blue. Yeah, and it was an, it's excellent. It was it was a very nice visual moment. Yeah, man. What a lame excuse, though. <laughs> she almost called bullshit instantly. She's like, really? <laughs> I thought you were cooler than that. What the fuck? <laughs> At least say your mom's making you go or something, like, because <laughs> you got to do your civic duty. All purpose room? Oh, purpose room? <laughs> Come on. Do you, you think that in shot with the helicopter that was supposed to be implying that that kid's dad was coming home? Yeah, I think that's what they were trying to set up. Yeah. But I really, I like that, though. Uh, I like the, it, it's that it's the classic start late, finish early thing you know where you're setting up that that could happen but it it may not be i just like that the kids are just sitting there watching it as well it's kind of i don't know i i was a little taken aback from it in the moment i was like what the fuck is this random like half second long helicopter shot like (laughs) (laughs) and it cuts right into right into the you know and it should have been the same actor we saw it in the you know in in the window it was it was weird it took me out of the moment honestly they should have had the porky pig like look, look that's all folks, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely like, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? <laughs> it, it is weird that they end on the close up. It's like, why do we? Yeah, why it's, we cut it's, into it's the odd. Close up of the helicopter and fade. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so weird, so weird. I did love the post credit scene though. Did you stay through that? I, Wait, I did what? catch oh, it. No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't see it. There's a post credit scene. It's like it's like four seconds. Just long enough for yeah. for the actress, the the same the same chick that's in the rest of it. She just it's just a shot of her, and she goes, "Oh, Bill." Oh, all right. I love that his name is Bill. <laughs> <laughs> what do we call that thing, Bill? Oh, what was that one? She's like, she's like, "Oh, Bill, if you could listen to the man inside you instead of the insect inside." He's like, "Insect aside, where?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like flinging his arms around. He's like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Of all the puns in that movie, that was the best moment. 
<laughs> Insecticide. <laughs> oh man, I, I like the I like the woman wearing the nurse. She's in the movie, and she's, she's also like, like wearing the nurse. I promised outfit. myself I wouldn't wear the nurse outfit again, and here I yeah. am. Not <laughs> like people keep thinking that she's a nurse. They're like, yeah. it's like, nurse, I cut my elbow, and she's like, that looks terrible. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of my face. Such a such a brilliant little thing to put in there. Like, I know, and they keep coming back, and she's like, okay. And? and like, <laughs> I skipped my knee. Yeah, it looks like it. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yep, go, I see no that. No way. <laughs> uh, do you guys notice, like, uh, Sherry's little brother is always, like, tattling? He's, shit. he's like, I'm going to tell. He's a total little like, shit. It doesn't matter. You know? <laughs> Dude, that's, like, half his dialogue. Yeah, yeah. he's like, it doesn't matter. He's like, who's that? I'm still going to tell. <laughs> Come on, you little shit. <laughs> She's well, so pissed at him too. It's amazing. Well, all the little kids are kind of little shits. Like even even the dude's little brother, uh, like watching like the UN on TV, and like they say hell, and he instantly he, he's like, oh, where'd hell. you get that? Where did he? The UN. <laughs> <laughs> our government. This is our government at work. <laughs> TV ruins your TV ruins your mind. One hundred percent. But films enhance everything. That's that's deep, Jared. So so deep. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it interesting that this movie was like set against the backdrop of the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's and I haven't seen a lot of them, but I I do feel like there's at least a half dozen movies from like the late '80s, early '90s that are set against the same exact like time period. Like there's something about that 25, 30 year mark away from like a big universal traumatic moment that filmmakers are like yeah let's let's do something around this time because this was formative for me and let's re-explore it and kind of i don't know i was thinking about that watching it like for us and our generation it's like 9-11 and so i feel like we're we're within a couple years of some people being like yeah let's let's set some movies against this time frame of 2001 i mean there was a few that came out a couple years after it but we haven't quite seen a resurgence of people trying to deal with that that total trauma Maybe we'll see a little bit more with the, with the pandemic in a couple decades. But I don't know. I found it interesting just to think about. I like how it plays into like you know the themes of. I guess the whole thing is you know you, you got you got to watch the horror. That's how, that's how we deal with our our problems in in some yeah. ways. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting philosophy. Like that, I've heard several other other um, horror movie directors kind of talk about. Of like, this is the way that we. If you know, he said it so eloquently, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but the, the whole idea of let's process it on screen so that when we get terrified, we leave the movie theater and we know that we're safe. Like we lived through it, we, we made it. I do like how every anytime somebody is going to talk about the next day or something, they're like, Well, I don't know if there's going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know, man. That was a very stressful week. Uh, this was not a big box office hit, though. Uh, Thirteen million dollar budget only made nine point five million. Oh shit! Really? Mm. Domestically, yeah. <clears throat> no wonder I'd never seen it. Right? I was very unfamiliar with this film. Ninety three, Pro- probably a bad year to release this. Why is that? What else came out that year? <gasps> Jurassic Park, bro. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah you knew right. I was gonna say that. You knew <laughs> it. <laughs> were they before or after Jurassic Park? Uh, they were before. It was. They had, they had a shitty month too. I think it was. Was it January or February? Let me look it up. I can't. I can't actually. Uh, January 29th. So yeah, pretty wow. much February. That's early. a rough. That's time. a weird time. That's a weird time to release. Yeah, especially this kind of movie. It's also kind of crazy. It's it's 13 million. I forget what the budget was for Ed Wood, but this seems more like a. Yeah, I did get a lot of Ed Wood vibes from this for sure. 
Although Ed Wood seemed across the board to have a little bit better production value. Oh, yeah. Ed Wood looked way better. Yeah. Well, this was before Ed Wood. Ed Wood was 94. That's about a real director. I get this movie is more of a composite character John Goodman's playing. He's not really playing. Yeah, it's like this movie was trying to tug on nostalgic heartstrings for the sake of like everybody being applicable as opposed to Ed Wood. I, th- I feel like Ed Wood was a little bit more effective in its, in its um, attempt just because it was let's do one person and it's almost a biopic. I think this may be a little more approachable to the standard person though instead of Ed, Ed Wood's more... That's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah I yeah, could see that. So... And all, all the needle drops and stuff in this, like, really play on your heartstrings and all that, you know, play play on nostalgia as well. Well, again, that's what I was saying about, like, there, there was that, you know, 25, 30 years out, and it's it's this catalytic moment that everyone went through. Catalytic? Catalyst? <laughs> catalytic? <laughs> I don't know. Traumatic. I'll just stick with that word. That's a good word. A little $5 word there. <laughs> <laughs> all the needle drops were really short, though. Yeah, it was just like, hey, remember this song? Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not how we do things today or really uh, yeah they were really short it was really just probably paying by the second (laughs) (laughs) i mean they they were used more as transitional elements than anything else uh yeah paying by the second god damn (laughs) (laughs) you got 10 seconds joe 10 seconds in and out we've got to cut two seconds out of this track so we can add two to this so (laughs) make it work eighty thousand dollars only gets us six seconds is that enough for you fuck man it probably is like that God damn, I fucking hope not. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the opening scene, uh, when they actually, they're walking down by the water and, and the dude's, uh, you know, telling the scary story to his little brother. Oh, that shitty filter. Fucked up orange. Like, are they uh, shooting there's a, tungsten there was film There a few moments with, that, or, with those filters. Yeah. Or was that actually, are they doing that, like, no, shitty that's an in-camera. That's an in-camera filter, man. Yeah. Like, are we yeah, shooting fucking... That's that's like a, like a sunset filter <laughs> that we're trying to put on some shit, and it's just not not applied it's, well. It's yeah, it's so yeah. bad. It's a say. There's what's that? What's that show that Miami? Uh, Miami yeah, Vice. Miami uh, Vice. No, 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 not that one. The, the CSI, CSI Miami. Oh God, even uses worse. That fucking Damn. tobacco, fucking sunburst. Yeah, yeah. Filter, but it's only on the top like, two thirds to, to show that it's Florida. Yeah. So maybe they got fucking like they're yeah. like, you we're, know what? I really like, like what Matt Mexico, did, but let's like, but it's let's not just, like, Mexico. We're it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about like in um, yeah. like in, in Breaking Bad. Like yes, exactly. Mexico has this exactly. certain hue. And same, every same every American with, uh, filmmaker, yeah. Mexico, turn it turn it tobacco brown. Same yeah, shot, yeah. but it's real <laughs> tobacco yeah. brown. Yeah, it's got that tobacco filter yeah. or that like fucking CSI Miami sunburst, like you know. But but it, but they're actually using a grad filter. Like whoever Joe Dante's DP was in this, he's like, fuck it, let's throw that whole fucking like CTO filter in that motherfucker. Don't even give a shit. Or, or it looks like they were shooting with fucking tungsten film. No, you can see it on the pants, man. That kid's pants, like they go, they go from like dark, and then they they change yeah. color. It's a grad filter because he, he uses yeah. it on a couple other shots, and it's real bad, like awkward, yeah. noticeable. I think I yeah. think that they probably shot that very early, and they realized that was a mistake, and they you know that they don't have much money, and they're like, fuck, let's not do that. It's heavy. That's a good. There's a good chance you're correct in that. I, w- I would definitely believe that. Yeah, because you know back then you you, you couldn't see what we can see right, now. Right, right. If they're they're looking at even if they had playback, you know they uh, they, had they weren't able to see they weren't able to see exactly what what, what they had. But there's some really nice lit scenes. Like uh, there, there's a scene where the where the sun walks down the hall and goes through these little pools of light and then lands in this really nice uh, shot. Like uh, as he's in the living room and he's watching his mom 
Uh, she's got the projector up and she's looking at, at oh, footage of that was dad a nice little moment. That. Yeah, it was, it was a great little moment, and the coverage there is really good, but the lighting is really nice. Um, it feels good. We have ratings. It feels like it, Brian. Who's rating? Manatee. Manatee. <laughs> 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 must rate in manatee sounds only. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's like. Right, right. <laughs> we looked up uh, just so you know. We did look up what a manatee sounds like, and it's it's not it, you can't you can't replicate it's, it. It's... Think think about Free Willy, <laughs> like when they're under the water and you're hearing the clicking and the high and the high pitch shit, almost kind of like that, but more like the fucking shopping cart in this. No, no, it's it's fat dolphins, one hundred percent. Shopping they're, cart. They sound like fat dolphins, <laughs> but they put a hat on, grew a mustache. And <laughs> it is. It's like fat dolphins. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's being very sizist against dolphins that happen to be overweight. There's no, there's no body shame cod. here. I'm, I'm, we're just trying to be biologically accurate. It's, it's, They're just trying it's to... dolphins that eat beer battered cod. <laughs> <laughs> that dolphins is trying to live its best life, Jared. Hey, man. Just like John Goodman in this movie, man. Just trying to make it happen, dude. Um, you know, I'll go first. Uh, I uh, I didn't know what to expect in this movie. I'd never even heard of it before, and I didn't watch a trailer. I went full Griggs on this. I went in and just so watched it, and I was totally, <laughs> I was totally surprised. I actually really, really like this movie. Um, I, I thought it, I thought it, like all the characters were very, very well developed, and I, I enjoyed all the little moments, and it actually like had me laughing out loud. Uh, I found the movie very amusing, and it was cool seeing a bunch of actors that uh, I hadn't seen in a long time, especially before, like, you know, like like the um, the main guy's, like, uh, girlfriend, like, she's from um, Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, it was blowing me away. I was like, that, who is this girl? And I had to, like, look around. Oh, Wait, who is she in Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah. Like the... She's the daughter from Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, yeah, 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 her, sorry. That, yeah. She was also in Independence Day. She was in Independence she was Day. All she's the up one in Independence Day. Oh, whoa, whoa! Is that also the same yeah. scene where she's like, yeah, like you don't yeah. want to die a virgin? And she did yeah. this in the same fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, was that a reference or was that? Huh. <laughs> I mean, it was two years she, later, but yeah. And it, it was the other way around though, because in that one, that was the boy, and this one, and this one, she instigated it. She's like, you know, it just makes me think. Instantly, <laughs> those kids instantly go to, we got to repopulate the well, earth. Like, what the fuck? That's what I'm saying, dude. This movie, it's like. It, it just it's it's in those scenes and they just knock everything out everything yeah, out right then and like, there back to back and then it's like all right that's that... the end of that problem next thing <laughs> <laughs> but no man i found it really enjoyable and i'm going to be telling people about it because i think it's a really like it's a forgotten film it, it's it's it, it needs it needs to be out more you know i it, it's it's really enjoyable uh and it's a really nice start to uh, listen to request month so i'm going to give it an 8.5 that's very respectable. Uh, I'm, I'm going to agree with your sentiments, actually. This is a forgotten film that not enough people know about. I didn't know about it un- until it was recommended to us. Um, I also went into a cold. Big surprise. Um, I only watched it once uh, Thursday or Friday of last week. I specifically consciously decided not to watch it again because I felt very specifically if I saw it again, I might not enjoy it as much the second time. Like this, it was super fun. Really? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a good like. All right, this is a cool foray into you know the 1960s and and what it felt like to be in the 90s, thinking about the 60s. Like I said, you know, 30 years before ish, and you know what what is it like to examine one's childhood and and what one's parents went through and all those kinds of formative sorts of 
big moments. I really enjoyed the, the just the concept of this movie. Like, what's it like to to go to the theater and to to explore the you know the the larger world outside of your small ass town or your life as a kid moving from town to town where you don't get to make friends but you feel like you know every fucking actor that's in every horror monster movie ever i mean those are those are interesting concepts to explore and john goodman like channeling his his barton fink character in uh, a little bit more family friendly kind of non-coen brothers situation i thought was really fun yeah these characters were, were really well fleshed out i thought um I don't think I would love to watch this movie again. Certainly not a week after oh, watching really? it again. Um, it feels like the kind of movie for me where watching it again would would reduce my enjoyment of of the memory of the first experience. This is a watch it once, super fun, really enjoyed it. Watch it again and see all the flaws and be like, ah, this wasn't as good, or this didn't hold up quite as much, or this this fell under the, its own weight and. But you know what? Once around, this was this was super fun. I'm going to call it short there and just give it an eight. Super worth watching. Glad it was recommended. All right. So we, uh, we, get, we had an eight, 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 five. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I got to think this through a little bit. I, I do want to start off by saying, like, you know what I was complaining about, like, uh, the shitty music uh, with Dave and. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? I love you. To death. All right. This movie. Right. Had that wonderful childlike comedy, right, uh-huh. and whimsicalness, and uh, it was good. It had themes. It did things. It made me feel fucking emotions. Jerry Goldsmith, thank you. Oh, yes. Jerry fucking Goldsmith killed in this, for sure. Thank you so much. This is how you do a children's score like this, a PG-rated movie. Here you go. I had themes. It, it, it was nice. It was nice. It was a breath of fresh air. After all those goddamn terrible scores from Kevin Klein's films. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Klein, stop so... choosing your composer so bad. I don't think he gets that choice, buddy. <laughs> That's why I'm putting it on him. <sighs> uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was his fault. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why he only won the one Oscar. I mean, I, I, I really like uh, uh, 50s giant monster movies. Like, <sighs> Godzilla's probably one of my favorite series. It, it's one of the things I remember, like, and as a child, and I, I mean, I just fell in love with all of these movies. Everything from them to the Deadly Mantis, and oh, the M in Mant is the logo that they use. With the M with the claws that is taken from the artwork of the Deadly Mantis. They completely ripped that off, and no, nobody even That's talks about that. Fun, actually, yeah, nobody even talks about that. I in love the special that. features or anything. They just like let that go under the radar. The Deadly Mantis is probably a bad. Giant insect movie to watch. I wouldn't watch that one. Um, I would watch them or Tarantula. Those are great. I like all the performances in this movie. This movie just makes me want to go to the fucking movie theater, dude, and and experience cinema with people, and that's contagious. And I I like that feeling. Yeah. I don't always care about like all the stories in the movie and where they're going, but that feeling is is just always impactful. And this is kind of a kids' movie. Watching it um, as an adult, I, I, I there there's still a lot of things I get and, and and I love. I just wish the storytelling was more diversified a little bit in terms of where we're looking at and and I, I would like to see character arcs and subplots take take longer to resolve and instead of these these little kid like oh well we we gotta we gotta get this thought through because you know the kids that are you know. 
10 or 12 or 14 that are coming to see this, they're not going to understand. And I don't know. I think I'm going to come in, though. At, at, I think I'm going to come in at a 9, maybe a 9.5. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go 9.5. It's really just the kid pacing of it. I like that, Brian. This movie makes me love movies. Mm. I love John. I love John Goodman's uh, character's love of movies. Yeah, right. And and like like that that whole entrance where they go into the theater and then and when you go in and you see that old school. Are you talking about that POV uh, shot when they walk in? Yeah, the POV shot where where you're looking down at the floor and he's talking about the floor, the the carpet that's two hundred years old. When they go in and they see the they see the old candy stand from our childhood. Yeah, like like you know, and, he, and and then they go up to the door, and he's like, you know, then you go up to the and you come in and into the dark room, and you're like, hey, I don't know what's in there, but here I am. Like I I love that, you know, I, I love that whole feeling. You can definitely feel the the love that it was made with in those moments for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And there was actually a lot of love with uh, the critics uh, critics on uh, the Rotten Tomatoes scores. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it three stars and had a rather gushing review about it for. Three out of four stars. Yeah, the audience brings this in at a 62, which I think is pretty fucked up because the tomato meter <laughs> is a 92, which is right in line with uh, mm. with Brian here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's... I mean, what else do you want out of a movie? I mean, the only complaint I can say is, like, yeah, this is aimed at a, at a younger audience, and I, I kind of wish it wasn't. But those movies need to exist in the world. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching this with the kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, IMDb brings it in at a 6.9, which you know it's hard to break a 6 in IMDb, so you know it's good. <laughs> Anything close to a 7 might as well be a 10. I mean, if it wasn't uh, for I, that yeah. decimal point, it would be 69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> that joke was from 1962, the year of the Cuban Missile Crisis. That joke was probably from around uh, 1993, right? When, when was Bill and Ted? I don't know when Bill and Ted was. Bill and Ted was... Wait, the first one was in the 80s, I thought. The second one was like 90 or 91. Bogus Journey? Really? 1989. Yeah. Because RoboCop 2 and Bill and Ted 2 came out at the same time, and it was like, ooh, toss-up. <laughs> 91? I did that RoboCop, RoboCop 2. 2. Of course you did. Good, good decision. Anyway, um, anybody got anything else? I'm just glad uh, this movie was recommended, and... Thanks for sending all the love to us. Gracias, Joe. There's still still three more weeks. You still have time. Tell us what you want us to watch. Do it now. If you want to send episode recommendations in, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. <laughs> That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. Wow, are you tired? <laughs> I'm really tired of saying this crap at the end. <laughs> and of course, you can follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. You can uh, give us recommendations. You sound like you're gi- what? I sound like you I'm sound dead. Like you're giving no. You sound like you're giving the fucking shit. Like I just I took so many planes recently. You just sound like you're giving out the fucking like. <laughs> your you seat could, can be used as a flotation device. You know, you can uh, find the, the Movie Crew Podcast in your seat back pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Jared, anytime you want to take this responsibility over, you can. Don't tempt me, bitch. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> oh, there's a good chance. Like 100%. Um, Jared, where can they find you? Brian, the audience can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Hit me up, bitches. Bitches be tripping, but they still hit you up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm here for this. 
<laughs> Not me. Anyway, ready to go. Uh, uh, Griggs, where can the audience find you? I am available for long walks on a moonlit beach via Instagram or Twitter at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And we're going to close out the show tonight with... Uh, we're going to do track number one from the matinee soundtrack. Uh, it's titled Coming Attraction. This is from composer Jerry Goldsmith. Enjoy. Oh, I got one more thing, Brian. You know how the, uh, we used to we used to have this thing. I listened to an old podcast recently, and we used to have this like phone number where people could call in and say hello. So look, if you give us a call at 323-539-8661 and leave us a message, we'll play it on the air. That's 323-539-8661. Keep your eyes open. Nobody does that, though. Okay, who, whose actual phone number is that? <laughs> that's the Movie Crew Podcast. Yeah, that's our, that's our, that's is our, that a Google number? Yeah. That's, yeah. Our, nice. that, that, that's our voicemail. voicemail. Nice. You get to hear Brian from the past. Oh. So, like, call in to at least hear that. What's that number again? That's 323-539-8661. 323-539-8661. Eight six six one. Yeah, we stopped giving that out. Nobody, nobody used it ever. I know it was it was surprising to hear it. It's like holy shit, I forgot we had that. Yeah. <laughs> Your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to connect you. It no, work. no, no. When I called it the other day, uh, it, it actually had Brian's voice. Yeah, well, that was that was that was Google's voice, and she did not sound happy about it. Did you, get, did you do the right number, Jared? <laughs> I, I'm put. It said it was a I, Google well, Voice will one, connect you. I called the one from the podcast uh, that I listened to, and it had the number, uh, but I just read that off Facebook, unless you put it wrong on Facebook. Let me check my call log. 323-539-8661. Yeah, that's what's on Facebook, but let me check my call log before I actually called it from the podcast. So the one I called from, and it's a Los Angeles number, which I think is That's really what funny. it says on mine. 323-539-8661. Uh, let me call it. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's what's on there. Your name after the tone, you know, and Google Voice will try to connect. It you. must be because it's it's after a hey, hey Brian, give me a call. Uh, you know, it must be because it's after uh, <laughs> it's after hours or something. Brian, what are maybe, your maybe, what are your maybe, uh, Google Voice office hours? Yeah, yeah, maybe you have an office hours thing set because it, it was mid afternoon <laughs> when I called it. Uh, Matt, well, hold on, I got to check it. I, I I literally have not been on the Google. Voice. And Brian's like, yeah, you've reached the movie group podcast. <laughs> He's like three yeah, phones since he set it up. Like, <laughs> doesn't even have it on there. I don't even remember the password to this shit. 